0: Verses 13 to 34, the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Father, bless us with teachable hearts and teachable spirits this morning. Soften our hearts, Lord, to hear whatever it is that you're saying to us come and speak by your spirit or whether that's through the words i say or whether it's through something completely different lord just come and be um, at work in us this morning i pray in jesus name amen amen so uh, welcome back to part two of this little mini series that we're having looking at the theme of generosity and um, this is part of our Uh, teaching for this term on living like Jesus, which is built out of our church vision, which is to live and grow as disciples of Jesus. So this term is living like Jesus, and this three-week sort of mini-series is on giving like Jesus. Um, So if you weren't with us last week, we were looking at how generosity and giving is really one of the major themes of the Bible, and specifically the teachings of Jesus. We looked at how Jesus taught that practicing generosity which comes from having a mindset of abundance rather than scarcity, reflecting God's generosity to us, is actually the path to happiness. Um, that is, as he said, more—it it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we talked about how actually modern-day psychologists and sociologists agree with that, um, but it is still a very counterintuitive thing for us to say or to believe in our kind of fallen world and lives. So generosity is best modeled on Jesus, who became poor so that we could become rich, which is why giving like Jesus is part of living like Jesus, because Jesus lived this life of radical generosity. And we looked at the story of the rich young ruler uh, seeking from Jesus the kind of the key to the good life, and being surprised and rather taken aback by Jesus' instruction to him to sell everything, give to the poor and follow him. And both that story and our passage today come from Luke's account of Jesus' long journey into Jerusalem, uh, where he would be crucified. It's where we find the greatest concentration of Jesus' teaching about generosity and giving. So the first thing to note um, about this parable of the rich fool which Rachel read is told by Jesus in response to a brotherly dispute about inheritance. Now, people write the Bible off as out of date and irrelevant but you know I've taken quite a few funerals where the family visits have been deeply impacted around um, by the dynamics around inheritance disputes it's nothing new it's still true today money can often make things complicated and it's a simple story that Jesus gives in response rich man receives this bumper crop um, too much for his storehouses in fact what's his answer knock down the barns build bigger ones, then retire. Doesn't sound too bad, does it? Um, John Ortberg summarizes this man's strategy for the good life as follows. Harvest last crop, harvest large crop, build bigger barns, achieve financial security, eat, drink, be merry, remember not to die, which of course is where things go wrong in this story. The man completes steps one to six, only to fall at the final hurdle. Again, a little context. Remember, Jesus was speaking to people in an occupied country. There wasn't much wealth. Food was scarce at times, especially for the vulnerable in society. So this rich man is is choosing to sit on a great pile of food while others all around him would be going hungry. And the invitation of this bumper crop to this man was for him to be generous with the abundance he had received to alleviate the hunger and the food poverty but he doesn't and so jesus describes this character as a fool and he finishes the story with um a warning really about building up wealth and not being generous straight on to verse 22 um And we come to a famous passage, which I think we don't often link, we don't read these two passages together, but Luke has definitely put them together for a purpose. Jesus is telling his disciples not to be worried about material needs, food, drink, clothes, etc. And the argument he makes, I think in some ways is not the easiest to buy, I think it must be said. Essentially, the birds and the flowers do okay for attire, so don't sweat it. Now, we were at Hampton Court um, Last week, wasn't it for Jess's birthday? And in the gardens, I watched as a, a little boy walked by this row of alliums, these beautiful alliums, snapping off the heads of them one by one while his dad was talking. And I had that kind of dilemma, conflict moment of like, perhaps I should say something, but felt embarrassed about embarrassing, you know, about intervening to someone else's child. To be honestly, I was probably just grateful it wasn't one of my children doing it on this occasion. And eventually the dad noticed and was suitably horrified, um, but not until a good dozen of these flowers had been destroyed. I laughed, but where was God's protection for those alliums, eh? (laughs) You know, what about the animals? Yeah, I was reflecting this week, you know, amidst all of the horrific suffering, the human suffering in Ukraine, but the you know, one of the stories that came out was the destruction of the Kokovka K- Dam and, and all the animals that were thought to have drowned as a result of that. If that's the kind of outcome that we can expect, then trusting God sounds like a bit of a big ask. Um, but I don't think Jesus was talking about outcomes per se, he was talking about attitudes. And this comes back to the theme of mindset that we looked at last week, how God created a world of abundance, but by failing to trust God in that, humans took on a mindset of scarcity and all the anxiety that brings with it, which, by the way, we live with record levels of in these days. You know, we have arguably never had more material abundance, and yet we have never been more anxious as a society. Amy or ewing spoke about this brilliantly at New Wine United last summer. She talked about how we are in... Um, she was talking from the... She's based in the States now. She was talking about how the, the States is, is in the grip of an anxiety epidemic that predates COVID. The cost of anxiety in the US between now, I guess that was last summer, and 2030 is estimated to be $625 billion. Anxiety is all around us, and it spreads. And in the same way that humans mirror the responses of smiling or yawning, somebody before the service, um, they know who they are, um, yawned, and it set us off, we're yawning. Um, We pick up anxiety, she says, like secondhand smoke research shows that if someone is in your visual fields and is expressive and is anxious this will have an impact on your nervous system even if we are not that anxious we all live with secondhand stress from strangers from our families and of course from the media and the majority of that anxiety comes from a mindset of scarcity Uh, the poor live with scarcity the live the rich live with the fear of scarcity our economy is built on it, because anxiety and feelings of scarcity are some of the most profitable drivers of spending that we have. I was thinking of examples, I don't think you have to think too far examples, but the one came to mind was the big toilet roll shortage, remember that? You know, anxiety and scarcity lead to buying and panic buying. Jesus says, don't worry, push back against this mindset of scarcity seek first god's kingdom the other stuff will take care of itself now this isn't a prosperity gospel you know if you give this and god says you'll get that or you'll never suffer or have any worries that's not biblical but it says that if you seek his kingdom first if you make your life about following him being his disciples then those worries will all take on their correct proportions you'll be okay I mean, you may not live in a palace. You won't go hungry. Remember the rich fool. Jesus was talking in a culture where people had far less today. There was far less surplus food uh, around than there is today. Far less food security. You remember earlier this year, salad wasn't on the shelves. You remember that for about four weeks. That was about as bad as it gets in this country for scarcity. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't great and you know, the inflation on food has been terrible. I'm not downplaying that but if you are part of the community of jesus there is no reason you should go hungry you know just ask you know, feeding each other is what we do okay i mean we just literally started on our, our service symbolically gathered around a meal you don't need to go hungry just ask seek his kingdom break the cycle of worry well how do we do that well we saw last week Jesus' antidote to that mindset of scarcity is giving, is generosity. That's his medicine for this ailment of anxiety born out of scarcity. Imagine the rich fool's shares out of just the surplus that he didn't have room to store in his barns. Imagine the impact of that generosity He would have helped the whole community he would have been loved and appreciated by the whole community in uh, terms of jesus and his kingdom he would have been richer by far but before we look at some of the ways we can break the cycles of anxiety and greed and scarcity and receive the blessings of this spirit of abundance and generosity here's a few points um the first i think one of the most difficult obstacles generosity that we have is that none of us tend to think of ourselves as either greedy or rich. We know that there is a line somewhere between having enough and having too much, but we don't know where that is exactly except that we're nowhere near it, or we're definitely not over it. (laughs) Because of comparison, we can kind of justify, always justify ourselves by seeing others who have more. So that is one barrier to generous giving another is to look at the whole teaching of jesus as a kind of socio-political plot which discourages enterprise and hard work um you know let's be clear jesus didn't say that the rich man should not have farmed his land to the best of his ability and been productive the work and success are good fruitfulness is part of our vision remember um uh, the vine and the branches which we talked about jesus's teaching isn't a calling to be idle god values your work and can accomplish his, uh, accomplish his, purposes through it, you know, whatever you do, it's all ministry, you know, we, we talk about the fact that, you know, it's, it's not, you're not a minister if you're ordained, and you're not, if you're not, we are all ministers called to do God's ministry where we are, you know, God can accomplish his purposes in whatever you do, you know, unless it's something, you know, really shady, in which case, stop that, um, and to repeat what I said last week, you know, God is not on a money grab. You know, that's why we're doing this teaching now separately from the financial appeal that we did back in November. Um, we are still facing a, a, a deficit, but due to the generosity of the response, the incredible response we had to that appeal in November, that deficit is not as critical as it was looking. Um, Jesus taught generosity not to raise funds, but because it is genuinely good for us. It is life-giving in itself. What he really wants is your heart that's what god is after he's okay for money <laughs> he's got all the money he needs which is nothing he what he really wants is your heart that's the desire of his heart i love this from tim keller um a great uh, theologian and pastor who, who died just a few weeks ago he talked about how jesus had everything in heaven he had his glory he had this close intimate relationship with his father there was only one thing that he didn't have, and that was you and me. And so he, gave, he chose to give up his glory, be separated from his Father, in order to come and to find you and me and bring us home. Is that incredible? He had everything. He gave up everything for us. It's your heart he wants. Come follow me, he said, not give me your money. Remember he told the rich young ruler to sell everything and give it to the poor before coming to follow him. But, and here's the twist, final verse of today's reading, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which is to say, where you put your money will ultimately show or shape where your heart is. The two are linked. Tim Keller again, your money is the perfect way for you to find out what your idols are. You will always find it easy to spend money on the things that are your real salvation, your real significance, your real security, your real God. Our spending and giving shapes the world and those around us, but it also shapes us. So how um, then do we become more generous and how do we break this mindset of anxiety and scarcity? First, um, we need to recognize our greed. Like I said, nobody thinks of themselves as rich or greedy, which is why Jesus and Paul both sort of repeatedly warned the early disciples, watch out for greed. That was one of the last things that the Apostle Paul wrote before he was um, executed, we believe. Um, You have to choose to see it, that you have wealth. Second set limits. At some point, we have to sit down and intentionally kind of think through and pray through how much we really need. This won't happen by default. We have to cultivate a sense of how much is enough third we've got to test out the theory okay so jesus says it's more blessed to give that we'll be more happy to give than to receive experts agree but ultimately we've got to find that out for ourselves um so a few ideas about how you could try that in a minute fourth we have to tune into grace an old sunday school definition of grace is the kind of the acrostic g-r-a-c-e right god's riches at christ's expense um, jesus is the treasure who died for you and is the only treasure who won't enslave you um only by grasping jesus's addiction to it, i love this phrase radically promiscuous giving can we really grow in generosity it starts with recognizing his generosity to us uh, fifth, we're all about lists this week. Um, we talked last week about the power of surrounding ourselves with stories of generosity and abundance. And I sent a couple of links out in the church news this week, one of which was um, a podcast telling the story of two people's journey into generosity. Um, have a listen to that if you get a chance. about an hour long so you can listen to it while doing the washing up or the gardening or something. Um, the other was a website called Generous Giving. Um, uh, and here's a little intro video into what that organization is all about and does. Um, If we have the sound on, I think we're going to have this one. Tell me i do Uh, so that's an organization that, yeah, so essentially what they've done is they, they had this idea about wanting to sort of teach and promote generosity, but they realized it was complicated by the fact that they would be an organization that would need to raise money. So what actually happened was a, a very, I think, a rich family foundation in America basically funded them fully so they could do it without ever asking anyone for money. So I've not actually been on one of their days or part of one of their groups or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure if you check out the website in your connect groups, there'll be resources that you could look at, um, or there's an opportunity that you could maybe um, go and just dig a bit deeper into it. But, um, so that's sort of one idea, (laughs) excuse me, of how we can sort of uh, surround ourselves with stories of generosity, because it changes the way that we think, doesn't it, compared to perhaps if we read a few news stories that also influence how we think, or watch a few adverts which influence how we think. So, um, how do we put that all into practice? Here are a few suggestions, a final list for this morning, you'll be glad to hear. Um, Firstly, commit uh, to giving regularly to something. You know, maybe that's All Souls Church, many of you do that, which is great because we rely on it entirely. But it may be something else, another area, another ministry, another person that you could be giving to, that you would be building God's kingdom in the world today, you know, through planned generosity. Um, Second idea, establish a hospitality line in your budget. And when we uh, got married, Jess and I, we we, we created these little pots of money. Life and budgeting was so much more simple then. Anyway, but we put um, a monthly amount aside for hospitality. And it wasn't that we weren't prepared to share out of our own food budget with people. um, But that by making it explicit in our monthly budget, it prompted us to think proactively about acts of generosity, you know, you, we could use it to, to, to make a special meal for some guests, and it reminds us, oh, who, who are we going to invite around for dinner sometime this month? Or, um, or you know, a more modern-day version of that is just to send somebody who's having a hard time a Just Eat voucher or something like that, you know, just give them the opportunity to um, just get themselves some food in an easy way like that. Um, as a church, we run regular meal trains where we provide a couple of weeks' worth of dinners uh, to the doorsteps of people who are at times of particular need in their lives, either you know, after having a baby or returning from hospital. Um, you could become part of uh, the meal train and show hospitality that way. Um, you know, if you're a good cook, that is. You know, I mean, I, I, I could do a few... You know, there's probably some meals I could do quite well with that, but probably my spag bowl turned up on the doorstep wouldn't be a huge blessing to some people. But um, yeah, show hospitality that way if you, if you love your, your cooking. Um, third, don't just think about money. Generosity is also expressed through giving of our time and skills and attention. Um, come and help us run our Monday club for, um, you know, our Connect group for seniors on a Monday. Um, Get involved in serving in our kids and youth teams, um, which we talked about, or our welcome teams. Um, Be part of our Soul Connections team, through which, you know, Soul Connections, we try to model generosity as a church by giving away 10% of all that we receive um, to uh, missional activities and people around the world. If you want to know what those are, you can see them all on the notice board over to the left there. There. Um, but we need people to come and proactively engage with that so that we can en- engage well and, and maintain good relationships with those that we're funding. And also to discern how we spend and use that money. Come and help us bless parents with their little ones at Oasis on Wednesdays. We, um, you know, it's, it's worth pointing out, I don't want to bang about this for too long because a, a lot of years have gone by now. But we, we have a staff of one and a half. You know, Before the lockdown, it was quite a bit bigger than that. But that means that everything we do really is as a result of people's generous giving of time and talent and effort. Um, for spend time looking at this topic of generosity in your Connect group, I sort of explained one way that you could do that. Um, but the, the point of this is partly that uh, beyond sort of being able to look at resources together, you know, get into a connect group, because it's being in community. We are presented with the best opportunities often in expressing generosity in loads of ways, both big and small. You know, like when you get that secret Santa thing and you, you have to buy a present for that person, you think, I don't really know them. I don't really know what they want. I don't really know what they need. That's different from buying a present for someone that you know really, really well and you know what they want or they need. Or if you're good at buying presents, you do. Um, I'm not as brilliant at that. Not the best example. But um, the point is, it's easier to know. People that we know are in relationship with, we see what the needs are in a much more natural way so uh, get in a connect group if you're not in one and then also um, connect group leaders think about whether you might look at this topic of generosity for a week or two at some point um five um think about how you teach and model generosity in your household parents how are you able to model generous giving um, when I was 12, I had a conversation with my parents um, about giving. Um, and at that time, uh, our church passed the collection plate around. We don't do that. We, we have some boxes at the back. But people put in cash or these little green envelopes. Does anyone remember the little envelopes? Okay, some people... Okay, right. So these little envelopes they are green one year and then pink the next and yellow. And, and they're like a little perforated bit down the side. Um, and what I learned was that those little green envelopes were for people who were committed to giving regularly weekly or monthly and this was before you know giving by direct debit or standing order was a thing so i decided to get a pack of envelopes for myself and i started putting 20p in my envelope each week and putting it in now in truth the 20p probably hardly (laughs) covered the cost of the envelopes Um, but it got me in the practice of giving a percentage of my income each week it's a practice i've tried to keep up ever since Math is going to talk um, next week a little bit more about what the Bible teaches about proportional giving and what that might look like. Another way you can do this as well, though, is through um, giving your kids pocket money in separate pots. So I have a friend who each week gives his child one pound to save, one pound to spend, and one pound to give. So the choice of where to give that money lies with the child. But that pound is given in order to use and to foster generosity. It's modeled from a young age. So this is important stuff. The habits that our children form shape who they will become as adults. Invest in your children's future by teaching the the blessings of giving generously today. Final idea, get radical. There will be times in your life. There are times in life when you are able to make a big one-off gift um, or several big one-off gifts that could change someone's life. You know, dream big don't miss the opportunity to spread the blessing uh, of a windfall or inheritance i know so many amazing testimonies of where that has happened and how um uh, life-changing how it has enriched the kingdom of god in dramatic ways so those are a few of the ideas about how to generate um sorry how to cultivate generosity um, and to push back against this mindset of scarcity and greed. That's where freedom lies in Jesus' economy in giving. Maybe pick one of those to, think, uh, um, uh, uh, to take away and think about doing. Um, pray what you think would make the biggest impact. Listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and then go and do some giving or model some giving this week. A couple of thoughts to conclude with. Um, here's a quote I like from Norman McEwen. I have no idea who Norman McEwen is, but it's a good quote. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. That's good, isn't it? I think that that captures it well. The other thing to say is that this, and this is really important, this really only makes sense with Jesus. Okay, everything starts with knowing him. Um, Our vision, you know, that goes for the whole series that we have here on living like Jesus. It comes out of the relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're not there yet. Yeah, that's fine, and I wouldn't dream of telling you what you should be doing with your money um, uh, or or telling you that you should give to the work of all souls or anything else. You know, our vision is, first of all, to be with Jesus. Everything starts with knowing him. It's out of knowing him that we um, desire to become like him and to do what he did because we discover that he's beautiful and his way is beautiful. And if that's something that you'd like to know more about, then obviously, please do grab me. Um, And let's have a coffee sometime.